Good morning, people of God. Um, I bring you greetings from the church in Bulgaria. Um, the way we say that over there is Bulgaria. Um, as Pastor Chris said earlier, my name is Trevin Hoot. I'm a teaching elder in the PCA, serving with Mission to the World in Sofia, Bulgaria. Um, I'm the interim pastor of Novshivolt Church, which means new life. Um, we're over there. I'm over there with my wife, Ruthie, who's a daughter of this church, um, and our two children, Noah and Frank. Um, Noah's three years old and Frank's one and a half. They were both born in Bulgaria, and before you ask, no, they are not Bulgarian citizens. Um, they just have a Bulgarian birth certificate, and that's going to be a pain in the butt later when they're going to try to find that. I'm not sure what we're going to do about that, but that's future Trevin and Ruthie's problem. Um, so I'm the pastor of a little church called Novshivolt. We're about 25 adult regular attenders members, um, about 20 children. Um, all but four of those children are under the age of five. Um, so we come by the name Novshivolt um, New Life pretty honestly because there's a whole lot of new life. Um, so the way that I'm going to do this this morning is uh, every month we send out a newsletter sharing about what God's been doing in Bulgaria. We share stories about um, cool things that have happened. We share pictures. A lot of those pictures have cute kids in them. Uh, we send out also prayer requests. Um, so we, on the side there are prayer requests saying um, this is what we'd like you to pray for pray for. These are the ways in which God's answered prayers. Um, a lot of you guys are already getting those newsletters which and um, have already been praying for us for the past three years. Um, this church has been wonderful about supporting us and we feel very loved by you guys. And so I was wanting to share about how God has been answering those prayers over the past three years and tell stories of exactly what has been going on. Um, later on, if you haven't already been getting our newsletter, I'll sign, send out this um, clipboard. And if you would like to receive our newsletters, please um, sign up and we will be on our mailing list and I will not spam you. Um, so um, this prayer request was from, can you read that? Great. Um, June 2019. Ruthie and I arrived in, May, in March 2019. Um, we were in our, we sent out this prayer request, pray, pray that we would draw closer to God in love and obedience during our time of language study. Um, Basically, the reason why we sent out this prayer request is because um, our first year of language study, or first year in Bulgaria, was devoted to language study. Um, Bulgaria is a hard, is a difficult language. It's a Slavic language, um, so it sounds really similar to Russian. Um, it's basically the same as Macedonian. It's really similar to Macedonian, Macedonian and Serbian. Um, it's a hard language, and basically the story, the myth about the language had become among missionary circles that it was impossible to learn unless you were a super genius. Um, a, lot of, a lot of people had given up on it um, and it become like learning the language had become an impossible drudgery and toil and chore that um, yeah you'd be happier sooner you'd give up on that. Um, and so it being impossible to learn unless you were a super genius and neither Ruthie nor I being super geniuses uh, we asked the church in America to pray for us uh, for success in language study um, and so this picture was taken six months afterwards and I'm preaching in Bulgarian um, I'm not preaching well in Bulgarian uh, that was still making a lot of really silly errors like um, instead of saying your salvation is not cheap um, I kept saying, I said things like, which means your magazine is not cheap. Um, people had images of me holding up a Cosmo and saying, it's not cheap, it's expensive. Um, other things include like, yeah, calling Jesus dice instead of king. Um, I, yeah. All sorts of funny things like that um, in a sermon. Uh, I'm also kind of famous for in English having slip-ups. I remember one time preaching in, in the first service and accidentally saying here that you have to earn your salvation instead of, or earn your justification instead of saying you can't earn your justification. <laughs> um, so that's not a uniquely Bulgarian thing. <laughs> but being in another language doesn't help. Um, 
And so all that to say, God blessed us in our efforts to learn the language. Um, and so Ruthie and I both can have ent- relationships entirely in Bulgarian. Um, Three years in, I'm teaching and preaching in Bulgarian um, and doing counseling in Bulgarian. Um, people ask us whether or not we're fluent, and that's a hard question to answer because what what does fluent even mean um, exactly? Does it mean that you can understand everything anyone has ever said who says they're speaking Bulgarian? It's like, well, no, if that's the standard, then I'm not fluent in English. Um, <laughs> but... We can talk. We can have relationships entirely in Bulgarian, um, and then sometimes, like if someone asks me for directions on the street, I freeze and be like, "What? I don't. I don't even know what you're saying." Um, and that was an answer to the. That was an answer to your prayers, um, because without without your prayers, there we would not be able to do the ministry that we're we're doing right now. Um, Without your prayers, we wouldn't be able to thrive in Bulgaria. Um, And so we're really thankful for your prayers over these past three and a half years for our language study. But God did more than just answer your prayers for us. Um, Because God, over the past three and a half years, has changed the culture of our entire team. Um, He's transformed the culture of our entire team so that language learning is no longer a chore and a drudgery. Um, something that you just need to give up on. Um, it's become a delight for people. And people are confident and encouraged that they can actually learn the language for themselves without being super geniuses. Um, over the past three and a half years, um, people on our team have started giving their testimonies regularly in Bulgarian in front of the church. Um, and all of our church services are entirely in Bulgarian, whereas before they were only half half in Bulgarian with, and half in English with American or with Bulgarian translations. Um, the, uh, Ruthie has become the new language resource person of our team, and so new families coming in can get the resources and, um, and um, support they need to learn Bulgarian. Um, and so God, in answer to your prayers, did more than just bless us. He blessed our wider team and our wider church. Um, and he did that because he is generous and kind and great, um, going above and beyond um, expectations. Um, and so thank you guys for praying for us. Um, our next slide, March 2020. Does anybody know what happened in March 2020? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you heard of this thing called global pandemic. Um, so I went to seminary at Covenant Seminary, and for some reason they did not have a class about how to minister in a global pandemic. Um, I don't know how I missed that. It might have been an elective. Um, so I... That was this was exactly a year after Ruthie and I had arrived. Um, exactly a day after we finished our language year, and I started um, stepped onto the session, started p- taking up my duties as pastor of the church. The entire country shut down um, because of COVID. Um, I remember like. A week before, uh, I was talking with a friend, and we were going to meet, hang out for coffee, and he told us, oh, I can't meet for coffee. My company, is because of the pandemic, has said that we can't meet with anybody socially, and so like I, um, there's no longer any possibility for us to meet until this pandemic is over. And I was like, man, that seems really extreme. Um, Friday, we were, Ruthie and I were going to go out on a date, but she wasn't feeling well. Um, so it wasn't COVID. Um, she wasn't feeling well, and so we were like, okay, well, let's just wait until Monday. And Monday, the entire country shut down. <laughs> um, and so we sent out this prayer request. Pray for the leadership of Nochevolt Church as we learn how to minister during this crisis. And please pray for, um, for well, I said for the Lord, so they, that way you know that these are actual screenshots because um, they include the original typos. Um, please pray for the for that the Lord will keep the members of our church safe. Um, when we sent out this prayer request, we had in mind physical safety. Um, this virus was new. This virus was scary. We had no idea what was going to happen. Um, we didn't want the members in our church to get sick and pass away. Um, it was scary for us. Um, and God answered those prayers. Um, by God's grace, several people in our church got sick, but no one passed away because of the virus. Um, and that was an answer to your prayers um, for the physical protection of our church. But we didn't realize at that moment that 
perhaps the even greater danger than the physical danger was the spiritual danger. Um, that Satan would use the, the pandemic and the virus to divide the Lord's church um, between the cautious and the anti-cautious. Um, that um, Satan would use the pandemic to introduce a spiritual apathy in a lot of people, where a lot of people just got really used to staying at home and felt really no need to connect with community anymore. Um, we didn't realize that how da- how spiritually dangerous the church would, the this virus would be, um, and so we didn't realize when we were praying for it that we needed prayer for more than just physical safety, but spiritual safety. Um, but God answered the prayer for spiritual safety as well. We we didn't lose anybody from the virus. Um, the people who were coming before the virus still continued to come after the virus, and our church didn't divide. Um, and in fact, our church is more unified now um, than it was before the virus. Um, we grew in love for each other. This was taken a few months ago. Um, our church has been was planted seven years ago by the Mission to the World team in partnership with the Bulgarian Evangelical um, Congregational Union. But we've never had church membership. Um, A few months ago, um, we had our first ever New Members Sunday where pretty much every regular attender in the church agreed together to be a church, um, to be members of the church. Um, And that was one of the... that was even after like the scary spiritual time of COVID. Um, and we've seen good fruit from that, um, even since Ruthie and I have left. Um, <clears throat> since leaving Bulgaria, um, we've had, and we have a tiny church, so like this is not huge numbers, but it is like huge percentages. We've had um, two or three new families come and visit and also two, two or three singles come and visit um, and start coming really regularly. Um, a family that was on the fence about becoming members of a church have been leading, like the guy has been leading the prayer groups every Tuesday night. Um, and he gave his testimony before church and said that he's really glad to have found a church home. Um, Another man that was kind of on the fence about serving in the church has been leading a Westminster Confession Bible study every week. Um, and so since leaving the church, since me, the pastor, leaving the church, the church has really pulled together um, and is practicing community together. Um, they are working out what it means to be members of a church, one of another. Um, and that's been beautiful to see. And that was an answer to your prayers. That was a greater answer to the prayer than we could, than we could have possibly um, expected. And so thank you for praying for the safety of our church. Um, for the spiritual health of our church. Um, Because God has been answering that prayer. So we're so thankful um, for you guys in that. Okay. Um, Last prayer request. Um, August 2019. Please pray that God would raise up leaders in his church here in Bulgaria. Um, We sent out that prayer request because one of the things that became really apparent early on in our ministry was the... Lack of um, was the lack of leadership in the Bulgarian church. Um, our denomination, the Bulgarian Evangelical Congregational Union, is a historic denomination. It's been around for 150 years, um, and we have a lot of friends in it. And there are 40 churches in on paper throughout, spread out throughout the entire country, and there are 13 pastors. All of those pastors are age, ages 50 to 70, um, and they're looking looking at retiring soon and they're wondering what's next um there aren't any people in seminaries that are wanting there aren't very many people in seminaries who want to be pastors um like i can think of maybe two or three um they've Start. They built a church building, trying to plant a church in another city in um, in, uh, in Bulgaria called Burgas. And they built the building. Um, they have spaces rented out, so they would have a guaranteed income for a pastor. Um, but for three years, they've been searching for someone to become be the pastor in this building, and there's literally no one. Like, where would it come from? Um, and so that was something that we've been praying about. Who, where? Lord, you promised to raise up um, leaders in your church, pastors, teachers, elders, shepherds. Please answer that promise. Um, we're praying that we prayed that because we knew that the Lord loved His church and He wants the church to be blessed. Um, 
And we ask you guys to pray for that too. Um, and God has been answering that prayer. Um, so this guy right here um, is Boris. Um, he started a pastoral internship with us um, one year ago. One year ago in last August. Um, he... He's one of the kindest, sweetest guys that I've ever met. He started coming to our church about um, two or three years ago um, from a drug rehab ministry called Reto. Um, he has a pretty rough background. He was an um, orphan, um, drug addicted, um, been in and out of prison. But in a drug rehab ministry, God changed his heart so that gave him a desire to serve, a desire to love people, um, and a desire to learn. Um, we noticed him because... He'd been coming to our church, um, caring for, like, he meets all of his neighbors, finding widows that he can help and serve, um, um, visiting their homes, evangelizing everyone he, he meets. He leads our prayer group, and decide, or was leading our prayer group. Now he's doing night school. I'll talk, talk more about that later. Um, discipling young men in our church. And it's like, this is the kind of character and heart we want in a leader. Um, the only problem is that he doesn't have very much education. Um, he never finished high school, and like he's, there aren't very many theological resources in Bulgaria to train him. Um, and so we decided that we would train him. I mean, if we have the guy with the heart, the, the training's easy. The heart's hard to find. Um, and if God's brought the guy to the heart, we'd be amiss, we'd go amiss not training him. Um, and so we started this pastoral internship. Um, and I'll let you guys hear his testimony. Hello, my name is Boris. Um, surely I'll, I'll tell about my testimony in just a few words. Um, I was at one point a really bad guy that didn't obey the law. I had problems with drugs for many years. Um, on the whole, I went down a really bad path. Um, but God, because of His grace and kindness through Christ, He changed my life. He changed my life entirely. He changed my thinking. My understanding for the values of life. And he placed me in his church. Um, for three years I've been together with Trevin um, and the MTW teams um, worshiping and um, serving in the church in Ovshivot. And a year ago, I started this pastoral internship. Um, I'm very thankful for this opportunity because I love I love God I love serving His people, but I just don't have a very firm foundation in understanding the Bible. Um, and I see how this um, internship has given me um, understanding, like has filled in what, what's lacking. Because we first started with covenant theology. We passed through the entire Bible. Um, studied the major and the minor prophets. And how and we've wrote an understanding about how the entire Bible is uh, related, how it's all one big story. 
за всеки един вярваш, за всеки един християнин, наистина да разбере правилно на посланието на Христос. And I've seen how it's so important for every believer to understand better um, the scriptures and um, how Christ is presented in the scriptures. Да, и виждам как Божията благодат продължава да се излива, така да кажа, в живота ми. And I've seen how um, the grace of God is continually poured out in my life. Да, започвам да се чувствам по-уверен. I'm beginning to feel more confident. И вярвам, че това е важно за нашата църква. Важно е да... Важно е за хората, с които ще споделя тази вест, която е. Um, and I think that this is a really valuable thing for the church um, and very valuable thing for future leaders in the church who would love to proclaim the, proclaim the gospel. Да, и аз съм много благодарен на, на Тревен, че има, има такова добро сърце и, и иска, да, иска да научи, иска да, иска да ме научи на, на това, на библейските истини. And I'm very thankful for Trevin his heart to teach me biblical truths. Стоаз виждам в в неговия живот и не само в църквата и в личния живот един един пример. And I see in his life a good example. Един добър пример и и да и също искам да искам да ви кажа че съм много благодарен на вас. And I want to thank I want to tell you that I'm really thankful for you for да, you too. Сте, um, for you who are supporting this internship. Um, for, I'm very excited about it and I'm uh, very thankful for you. И ще се радвам да продължавате да се молите за мен. And I would um, ask you to continue to pray for me. Затова наистина уверен и изследвайки Христос, следвайки благата вест да израсне в в този стаж и в познаването на Бога. To continue to grow in confidence, um, to grow as a teacher of God's word, um, to continue to grow through this internship. Вярвам и съм убеден, че всяка една молитва има сила и никога тя никога не се връща празна. And I'm very confident that every every prayer um, has power and um, God's going to answer answer да. prayers. И още веднъж благодаря на всички за тази подкрепа, която правите. And thank you very much for the support that you've given. Благодаря благословен. God bless you. Um. So the format of the pastoral internship is we meet twice a week. Um, Well, I'll start with the goals. The goal of the pastoral internship is to equip him with everything he needs to be ordained in um, our Bulgarian denomination that we're working with, Bulgarian Evangelical Congregational Union. Um, The way we're doing that is meeting with him twice, or he comes into the office twice a day. Uh, For the past year, it was a lot more hands-on. We were doing... A lot of theological training, um, exegetical training. Um, we were talking about covenant theology. We were talking about di- different passages in Scripture. Um, we he also has been leading different groups in churches, like the prayer group um, and other different other types of ministries. Um, he has also been participating in um, seminary classes at a local seminary. Uh, he's Um, also going to night school now um, because in order to be ordained in the union you have to have finished high school um, so he has to finish high school before he can be ordained um, we just ordained him as our as a ruling elder the day before we left Bulgaria to come to the US in July um, and so he's been taking up a lot more responsibilities since we left and preaching regularly um, and other people on the team have been giving him feedback and encouragement um, and I've been meeting with him every week um, <clears throat> And so it's been really exciting to see the, his growth over the past year, um, his growth as well, a theologian by reading the Bible and as a teacher, um, and also to continue to see him get opportunities to serve. Um, he's been telling me about how one person, how he, there was a man that came from um, the same drug rehab ministry that he came, he came from, um, and 
Whereas Boris got involved in a church really quickly and was able to get that stable community, um, he decided to go back to the same old step he had been going back to, um, return to drugs and alcoholism. Um, and it was really sad for him to see because, yeah, he just has a big heart for these guys. Um, he recently had a stroke, and he's been in the hospital, and it's a state hospital, and um, the hospitals over there aren't very good, and he's not being given very good care. Um, and so he goes every week to care for this friend of his and um, um, to bathe him and to love him and show him that he's not alone um, in hopes that he'll come back to Christ. Um, so that's, yeah, he's he's the kind of guy that really, really encourages me to love other people. <laughs> so, like, I'm really, I'm really glad to be working alongside him because he's just such a good encouraging to encouragement to us hopefully over the course of the the plan is over the course of the next few years that he would step up more and more into authority um, at the church and I would be stepping back and working with our next church plant um, which the we're, along with the mission to the world team we're going to be starting to talk about when once we get back um, the struggle is like you know if you have a church plant you need a pastor. Um, if you want to be a church planting church, it's like there needs to be future leaders of the church. Um, and so having one new leader raised up is not enough. Um, we need more. We need a lot of new leaders to be raised up. Um, and God has already started answering those prayers, too. Um, there's another guy in our church named Nikki, um, this fella. Um, he is also a former drug addict, also from that coming at, came out of that same ministry, but he just has an entirely different um, gifting set than Boris does. Whereas Boris is very outgoing, never met a stranger, um, very active, and hard. it's very difficult for him to sit still because he's so energetic. Um, Nikki is very is more quiet and reserved, a little bit shyer and more bookish, um, but. He's also a wonderful teacher, a very kind man, and very encouraging to me. He'll just will send me essays and thoughts about theological matters. Uh, and so, like, it's just wonderful to see how God has gifted different parts of his body in different ways. Um, and he's going to be our next dip pastoral intern um, starting in the spring. Um, and God willing, he could be the future pastor of a future church plant. Um, and so God, in answer to your prayers, has raised up more than just one leader, um, new pastor for our church, No You Vote, but has already started raising up future leaders for future church plants. Um, we're very excited about what God can do through this internship. Um, we think that, like, through this program um, that we've started, like, we think that this could be one of the a key way that God raises up the next generation of Bulgarian leaders. Um, and we're kind of right at the beginning of it. Um, and so um, please continue to be praying for this intern. Please continue to be praying for us as we're um, trying to raise up the next generation of Bulgarian leaders. Um, okay, and so what now? What is God calling you to believe? Um, and what is God calling you to do? Um, I pray he's calling you to believe that the Lord answers prayers um, and that the Lord loves his church. Um, even if things seem really dark, God is, God is working. He's going to win. Um, and the scriptures teach us that one day his glory is going to fill all, fill, the knowledge of him will fill the entire earth as the waters cover the sea. Um, his kingdom is going to advance even in Bulgaria um, because he is, he is a mighty God and he is mighty to save. Um, and so what is God calling you to do? Um, I'm praying that he calls you to get involved in the mission. Um, get involved in the mission here in Rochester by serving and loving your neighbors and by praying for them. Um, by serving and loving the church and by praying for your church. Um, and also get involved in the mission throughout the world. Bulgaria is a very small part of that mission. Um, Novshivolt Church is a very small part of that mission. Um, um, but if you'd like to get learn more about how to get involved in it, um, please sign up for our newsletter. 
Um, we're going to be here for five weeks um, until December 1st when we're traveling back to Bulgaria. Um, if you'd like to learn more about it, um, if you'd like to just talk with us or hang out, um, let me know. Um, and we'd love to meet with you over coffee or a meal or something. Um, if, you'd like to, if you'd like to support this, one of the things we're raising support for is um, for the internship for their, um, so that we can pay... Um, a part-time salary to Boris and Nikki so they can serve without um, financial hang-ups. Um, and, yeah, also um, we need prayers because, you know, you can throw money to a problem as much as, pro like, a billion dollars to a problem, but unless the Lord provides fruit and unless the Lord provides growth, that money is not going to do anything. Like, you could send as many missionaries as you want over there, but if no one's interested in the gospel, what's even the point? Um, and only the Lord can provide interest in the gospel. Only the Lord can save people. Um, so please continue praying for us. Um, <clears throat> so I'll pass out these um, newsletter sign-up sheets. Um, if you've already been receiving our newsletters, you don't really have to sign up. If you'd like to receive our newsletters, you can. If you don't want to get our newsletters, I won't judge you. Uh, but thank you very much. Oh, also at the table outside, we have prayer cards and little bracelets called Martiniti. Um, if you'd like, please take one. Also, if you have our old prayer cards, these are updated and they have two cute kids on them. We know what the people want. Um, so, yeah, please, please take them and please, when you see it, be praying for us. Um, that, yeah, um, I'll open up the floor for questions. Yes, sir. I'm intrigued by language, I guess. You have now graduated to your rather uh, successful level of the mastery of the language as you, as you describe it. Uh, really, congratulations and, and praise the Lord. Thank you. Uh, as, as you have described the language as being grasped only by super geniuses, I wanted to know if you might have devised new learning methods for it then. Mm -hmm. For the people coming after you. Yeah. Um, so just. So the question was, um, if we've devised new learning methods for people coming after us, um, we are not super geniuses. Um, we we have we have not devised new learning methods, but one of the things that we have found um, that was really helpful for us was a language course through Wheaton University. Um, Ruthie and I. It was, it's a, it was a course about how to learn languages. Um, and it's not specifically about Bulgarian, it's about any language. Um, but it has principles that could be applied to any language situation. Ruthie and I both um, participated in that course and now how many people in our, like pretty much everybody has, like in our team has um, gone through the course. Um, and so having like that kind of right, that kind of language thing as a foundation has been super helpful. Um, also, like our team policy has changed. Whereas before, like when we got there, we were given a year to just um, to learn the language without having any expectations. Um, we weren't given very much support or like encouragement of resources about how to do that. We were just told to find a tutor. Um, now the team and do something. Um, now the team policy is that we have at least two years um, benchmarks that we can actually like that are actually like we're told to reach um, and like lists of potential tutors, childcare, um, language helpers that um, are really helpful for for getting us for getting started. Um, and so that's that's new over the past few years, um, and that's a that's a huge answer to prayer, um, especially for. Um, especially for new families coming in. We didn't realize when we got here that it's like, this will sound silly, but it's hard to learn a language if you have a newborn child. Uh, that, yeah, um, that it's, that childcare was a necessity for that, like for that, 
I was I was given a lot of time, and I took a lot of time for myself to learn to learn the language. But Ruthie was kind of given the shaft in a lot of ways, um, and wasn't given a lot of or wasn't given as much of the resources that she needed. Um, she's doing great. Like I'm really really proud of her. She's smarter than I am and has a much greater vocabulary than I am than I do. But if she was given that time at the very beginning, she would be far excelling, um, exceeding me. Um, and so like, yeah. Now new families and especially wives coming in have much more of the resources that they need. Um, yes? Do you speak Bulgarian in your home? We don't speak Bulgarian in our home. We speak English. Um, but anytime we're at church or anytime we're around Bulgarians, anytime we're going to, like, yeah, we're interacting with Bulgarians, we do. We uh, do when Bulgarians are in our home. Yeah. So we, um, like, we only speak Bulgarian. And so for the kids, um, they're not getting much of the Bulgarian from us, but they are getting it from the surrounding environments. And also Noah has been going to a Bulgarian pre-K. Um, she started half days like going to this pre-K six weeks before we arrived. And every day she was coming home knowing new words and phrases. Um, and so we're excited to see, like, she's going to start doing that again once we get back. And Frank will probably start um, pretty soon after that. Um, and so, yeah, that'll be super fun. She'll be speaking Bulgarian much better than we will, and she will one day be very embarrassed of our accents. <laughs> yes? follow-up question, especially the uh, thought of this while watching, listening to your interview, but um, I want to change it to general. The average Bulgarian person knows how much English? Um, so in our church, I'll start there. About half of our church speaks pretty good English, um, and so and half of them don't. Um, Boris says hello, and that's pretty much it. Uh, <laughs> how are you? Uh, <laughs> and my other intern, Nikki, um, if you saw the, if you were here yesterday, you saw his video. He's doing that in Bulgarian. That was the first time he'd ever done any shared his testimony. Or no, he was doing that in English. That was the first time he'd ever shared his testimony in English, and he did a really great job. Um, he's been going. We one of the ministries that we do as a team is English clubs. Um, and so it's like a free place where people who want to practice English that are at an immediate or intermediate or an advanced level can come and practice English um, in an informal setting. Um, there's several people um, like there's a lot of there. There are a lot of people that speak English. Um, Ruthie and I had this discussion debating over the exact numbers. My estimation is 30 percent. Um, she's smarter than you. Yeah, and she's smarter than me. But I'm up front. <laughs> I have the microphone. <laughs> yes. What uh, What's your relationship with the Orthodox Church in Bulgaria? And uh, a related question: If there are any Orthodox Bulgarians that meet with you. What questions do they ask you, or what hang-ups do they have with you that you know we typically wouldn't see in like a Protestant Catholic discussion in America? Good question. Um, so, <clears throat> Bulgaria. He, okay, I'll repeat the question. He asked what relationship we have with the Bulgarian Orthodox Church, um, and if we, if I were to like meeting with a Bulgarian Orthodox person, what kind of hang-ups and questions would they have? Um, Bulgaria, Bulgaria, for a little context, is an Eastern Orthodox country. 80% of the country identifies as Eastern Orthodox. That being said, I've over the past three and a half years, I've maybe met like two or three people who actually like practice. Um, so I haven't actually... Um, the official stance of the Bulgarian Orthodox Church is that Protestants are a sect, like the same as Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, and so the people that I have talked to, um, which I'm pretty open, like I say, like I'm an evangelical pastor um, or preacher. Um, like I don't use the word missionary. I had this test yesterday um, for the um, mission, uh, the Global Outreach Conference. What does a missionary do? 
Uh, my picture of what a missionary does is live in a rainforest in a hut and missionize. Um, so I tell people I'm a pastor, and you know most people are like, "Well, that's that's cool, I guess." Uh, there have been a few people that are like, "Oh, you're a part of a sect." <laughs> um, yeah, it's basically it's just the official stance of the religious authority that most people ignore except for this thing um, is that Protestants are a cult. Um, that being said, this past summer, um, we started having a relationship with a local Orthodox church. Um, it's like this local Orthodox church was, um, we noticed because like there's always like people outside, like children hanging out, and like people actually going to um, the worship services on Sunday. Um, and like that's really, really rare. Um, I've never seen an Orthodox church where people actually go. Um, and so we reached out to them and like we have summer interns coming every summer um, and working with our English clubs. These are college students or young adults right outside of college um, who come and learn about experience what life is like as a missionary. Um, and I had these um, students and said, hey, they want to learn about Bulgarian, Orthodox, uh, Bulgarian Orthodoxy, religion, Bulgarian culture. Can you share with them what um, the Orthodox believe? Um, and so we came and they shared about it. Um, they explained about the icons and the relics and the, um, and the worship and the monasteries. And we had just a really, really positive um, interaction with them. And they said afterwards, like, so when can we come and visit your church? Like, when can we, can you send teachers, English teachers, and help us um, with English lessons? Like, how can we partner with you guys? Um, and so we actually had a really, really positive exchange with this church. Um, and so that was a huge answer to prayer. Um, and so we'll, we'll see where that, where that goes. That happened this summer. Um, we were talking, we were going to, like, Boris has been talking with them. Um, and we're going to talk again, like, once we, once we get back. Um, yes? Um, a couple of questions. One, have you guys as a family and individuals found friendships on a personal level that you're able to find like community where you don't feel like you're the missionaries or the foreigners? Mm-hmm. And then second of all, how does the Serbian war in the 90s, how, how does that affect Bulgaria now? Is there any racial tension or anything like that? I just know that that in the past has been a very fraught region. Mm-hmm. Um. It was at Winston Churchill that said, there's always some trouble in the Balkans. Um, the next one. Uh, so Boris and Nikki are two of our best friends. Um, yeah, like, well, for a long time, like every night when, we, like, Ruthie, like we were saying prayers with Noah, she'd pray for Boris and Nikki, Boris and Nikki. Um, our, our church has been just a wonderful source of community. Um, it was kind of hard, like, being in Bulgaria for only a year before every COVID kind of messed everything up, um, like we started developing acquaintances, we started developing friendships, um, and like then COVID came and shut everything down, and all of a sudden, no people no longer have acquaintances. Um, they have their close personal friends, and that's pretty much it, um, and family, and that's pretty much all, every all people hang out with, um, and we weren't in any of those groups. Um, and so COVID was kind of a lonely time for us in some ways. Um, but because of that, like, the only people we were able to hang out with were people from our church. And we really grew to love our, commu- our church community a whole lot more, a whole lot more from it. Um, and it's been hard to reach out to our non-believing neighbors since then. Um, but now that everything's, like, normalizing over there, um, there's a lot more opportunities to do that. And more people are, like more people are willing to visit and try new things and meet new people. Um, but as far as like our closest relationships, our closest relationships are our, are our church friends. And our church has been so sweet over the past several years. Um, like they've been so kind and encouraging. It's like the metaphor I use is like, imagine Pastor Chris when he started, like if he was learning English as he went, um, like that would be hard one for Pastor Chris, but also for you guys um, because, you know, it's hard if your pastor tracks with about 80% of what you're saying. Um, and our church has been 
really patient and kind with us and like excited for us as we're learning Bulgarian. Um, and that's just a really special thing like about the heart of our heart of our con- congregation. It's like we're always going to be foreigners. Um, we're always going to be weird. Like we're always going to have an accent. Um, so that's never really going to change. Um, the question is like whether or not people are going to accept you. Um, and they have accepted us, and it's been really great. Yes? What kind of a team do you have over there? Um, we have a pretty big... She asked what kind of team we have. Um, what do, are there other ministries besides? Yes. Um, we, we have a pretty big Mission to the World team. Um, yesterday we talked a lot about um, different type of ministries going on. Our Mm, uh, no, nah, I'm not going to worry about that. Um, so our team is made up of, there are two Bulgarian families working with our team. Um, my team leader, Dave, is a single man in his 50s. Lydia, who's actually this person, um, Lizzie are single women in their 30s. Um, they're teaching English. Um, there's us. We, we're the f- American family that's been there the longest, even though we've been there three and a half, only three and a half years. Um, and there's two new families, um, two families that arrived recently that are still in their language learning time. They're the people that are benefiting from the new language policy. Um, and a couple of new families coming in. Um, I'm the only teaching elder um, on the team. Um, but like the different, oh, there's also a single woman um, who's doing do- prevention for um, sex trafficking. Um, so our team does things like, um, going to the First Evangelical Church and kind of working with that church for church revitalization. Um, our team runs a seminary that meets quarterly called Elias Riggs, um, whose goal is to train up pastors. And Boris and Nikki and also several other people from our church um, attend that seminary. But it only meets quarterly for two weekend classes, so it takes a long time to go through that program. Yeah? But there are two men... One who's there already and one who will come who are seminary trained and plan on getting ordained. Yeah. But at this moment, I would be able to teach them. Yeah. Um, so there are two men who are have been to seminary but aren't yet ordained. They're um, on track for it. Um, where um, our friend Brinkley um, works with an organization called Daughters of Bulgaria, and she works goes to Roma villages and does prevention. Prevention. Um, Teaching people, um, teaching young women about um, sex trafficking and working with pastors about how to prevent um, girls being trafficked. Um, What else? Yeah, I I think that pretty much covers it. Um, So there's a lot of things, and the goal of all these different different groups is to funnel into, like, support the church and um, support church planting. Um, So evangelizing... Discipleship training pastors. Yes. And you had uh, just mentioned the Elias Briggs, uh, but uh, yesterday you also mentioned about uh, uh, third bells. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you explain more about what that is? I will. Um, so he, Elias Riggs is um, the seminary that our team has started 20-something years ago in um, partnership with the Bulgarian Evangelical Union. I'll, ex- I'll explain what that is exactly uh, first, and then I'll talk about Third Mill. Um, and students, um, it's a five-year program um, where students can get a degree that's accredited in the U.S. through Miami International Theological Seminary. Um, professors will come from the U.S. or Western Europe, or Bulgarians will teach classes. Um, and so, yeah, it's pretty good quality reformed um, seminary um, classes. It just the struggle with it though is that it only meets quarterly. You can only take the classes, the individual classes that are offered. Um, so there's not as much flexibility. It's like, oh, I need to study this thing. So, but I can't study this right now. Not until it's offered in like three years or something like that. Um, and like you have to travel to Sofia to do it. Um, and so. Um, we've been talking with the Elias Riggs board um, about trans and like we one of the things we were raising support for coming to the U.S. was to translate the um, the 
third millennium um, institutes um, diploma program um, certificate program and third millennium is an online resources resource for um, whose goal is to train pastors all over the world um, with online resources. And so they wanted to be translated into as many languages as possible. It hadn't yet been translated into Bulgarian, but we've raised the funding to start that translation process. Um, it's really good quality uh, reformed teaching, which I use that word because there isn't very much reformed stuff out there um, in Bulgarian. Um, on our table, we, found, we have that book. Uh, what's the name of the book again? Ochenieto na Zaboga. Um, and that's the, yeah, theology in Bulgarian. Um, I found that this summer and I was so excited um, just because like if you can find a good book that already exists that you don't have to translate yourself, it's like Christmas. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, yeah, we're going to be starting translating that soon, um, and we're excited to see, see it used as a discipleship program um, and as an aid to the Elias Riggs Seminary. Um, people can take classes, as many classes as they want. Um, you can do it with small groups from churches without having a trained instructor, instructor lead it. Um, and, yeah, I think it could be a really big help for the Bulgarian church. Unrelated questions. Okay. One, why is Bulgarian considered so difficult to learn? And two, what's it like being considered a sect? No. So, first question: Why is Bulgarian so difficult to learn? Um, it's just very different. Um, it's so it's a Slavic language, um, and so like Russian, Ukrainian, Serbian, Macedonian. Oh, I forgot to answer your question about the Serbian conflict. I'm sorry, um, but. Like, all those languages sound really similar. Um, Ruthie was telling me about the, how there's, like, the State Department puts out a list of, like, five categories, like, five ratings for, like, difficult languages. One is, like, I guess Dutch is the only one. In... I thought Romance languages one. No, I think Romance languages are two. Dutch is probably. Yeah. Yeah, like Dutch being the English, easiest language for English speakers to learn, Romance languages being category two, um, and like Bulgarian and other Slavic languages are in category four. Um, but I think it's kind of the easiest of the Slavic languages. Um, it's just like there's not very many things in common. Like there's a bunch of different grammar rules. Like, yeah, very complicated. Like the genders, um, no cases, thank goodness. Um, yeah, Russian has cases, Bulgarian's kind of simplified, that's why it's easier than Russian. Um, I took Russian, so that's why I was trying to figure out why Bulgarian would be considered difficult. Yeah, it'd be easier than Russian. Um, but, yeah, it's, and, and so, and there's also like different verb things. It's like, you know, English is actually, Sorry to say, it's one of the easiest languages to learn for foreigners, like for adult speakers, because like the conjugations of the verb, it's like, take the word, I eat. Um, I eat, you eat, he eats. There's a difference. Um, but we get back to we eat and they eat. Um, so you only need to know like one form of the verb. I will eat, I ate, um, those kind of things. Whereas like Bulgarian, it's like, um, yam, yadesh, um, yadem, um, yadete, yadem, um, yadat, like all sorts of things. And then there's like a second form, um, like all sorts of different, yeah, like eight or nine, like different chains, um, conjugations for future and different types of that. Um, so those thing, kind of things can be a struggle for um, English speakers. Um, also, what is it like to be a sect? Um, I mean, it's not too bad. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, again, like, I've had, like, two or three people over the past, like, few few years, like, call me out on being a sect. But, like, they did it with a smile on their face. They're like, oh, that's interesting. You're a sect. It's like, it's like no. <laughs> if, like, someone's actually willing to talk to you about it, you can point out really quickly that it's like, no, we believe we have the same theology. We just have different ecclesiology and soteriology. Um, so, like... It's if people give you the time to point it out, then um, you will, and like it's not hard to do. 
Um, and if people don't give you the time to point, point that out, they wouldn't have listened to you anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, I'll answer the Serbian question now. Um, it's funny, like, the only time I've seen it brought up recently was um, with a Ukraine-Russian war. Um, a lot of people, like, the, the Ukraine-Russian war is kind of exposed of, like, kind of a rift in Bulgarian society between, like, Eastern-leaning Bulgarians who look to Russia for, like, you know, this is the great Slavic nation, powerful, like, upholder of conservative values, and then the Western-leaning um, Bulgarians who are um, like the West, basically, um, and and don't really like Russia, don't really like Putin. Um, and one of the things that they say about that is, why is it that... Um, when America bombs Serbia, um, it's considered liberation, but when Russia bombs Ukraine, it's considered an act of aggression. Um, so that's that's the only time I've seen it brought up, um, yeah, over for the past three three years. Um, where Serbia, or, so like Serbia and Bosnia, um, we are 45 minutes away from Serbia, um, like the Serbian border. Um, but yeah, like the that the Yugoslav the conflict between Bosnia and Serbia was actually a lot more real when we were in, for us when we were living in St. Louis or like in a neighborhood full full of Bosnians um, than it's than it's been brought up while we were while we've been in Bulgaria. Um, good question. Yes. Much of a Roman Catholic presence in Sofia. Um, so there's a few more Roman Catholics than there are Protestants, um, but not so much that like we really interact with them very much. Um, not much. Yeah. And the Roman Catholics are not considered a sacrament. They're schismatic. Um, so yeah, they they broke off from the true Orthodox Church a thousand years ago. Um, Rome still has that. They, they would. Well, the thing is, like, you can only be like the only true believers are members of the Orthodox Church, um, and so they are not. The Roman Catholic Communion is no longer part of the true Communion, so they have problems, um, and we have even more problems because we are schismatics from the schismatics. Um, yeah, the Reformation hasn't come to Bulgaria. Yeah. Does that change how you preach? Do you try and find commonalities with like? Yeah. The Cappadocian Fathers, do you try to like work into your sermons, you know, uh, the saints and, that are more, you know, Eastern Orthodox historically than uh, <coughs> typically think of as Protestant? Yeah, um, I haven't done that so much. Um, some people do, and I really respect them for it. Um, it does change how I preach in that... Um, like for a Reformation Day service, um, you might have mentioned that I never once mentioned Martin Luther. <laughs> uh, so like Bulgaria never had a Reformation, um, and the Reformation wasn't against East, Eastern Orthodox. Um, and so like sometimes like even Bulgarian preachers would be tempted to like kind of conflate like Eastern Orthodoxy with Roman Catholicism, and like. Um, and they're not, there's a lot of really big differences. Um, in a lot of ways, like Eastern Orthodoxy, is, especially Eastern Orthodoxy in Eastern Europe is still very medieval. Um, and so like I don't make a whole lot of references back to the reformers because, you know, they weren't, yeah, like they didn't really say anything about, about the Eastern Orthodox. Um, as far as like changing the way I preach, um, for those of you who are here um, this morning and for those of you who will be here um, or like earlier this morning and who will hear this sermon, it's like I preach in English pretty much the same way that I preach in Bulgarian. Um, but you also, for people who've heard me preach three years ago, they might have, they might, you might see differences in the way I preach now. Um, it'd probably be like a lot, it's much more passionate and also like con really concrete um, applications um, and that's the kind of crowd that I'm preaching to um, also so 
when I was preparing my sermons, basically the way I prepare them, um, and this is another thing, I've gotten really used to preaching from a manuscript just because I don't want to say anything really dumb. Um, and I preach in English from a manuscript just because I'm really out of practice from preaching from notes. So if that's a problem, please forgive me. Um, but... Yeah, like I write out my manuscript in Bulgarian, um, do as many corrections that I can, and then send it off to a friend to make sure that everything makes sense. Um, and almost every time, the thing that doesn't make sense is if I'm trying to use a metaphor. Uh, <laughs> so usually what happens is I just cut those out. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, my preaching has gotten pretty mo much more concrete because of that. Uh, yeah. Need to wrap it up. Would you be willing to pray and uh, close us? Okay, will do. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this church. Thank you for their kindness and encouragement and support over these past several years in Bulgaria. Um, thank you for blessing this church, um, for seeing this church through the pandemic, um, for causing it to grow, and especially for growing her in faith and in love. Um, Lord, I pray that you would continue to bless her. I pray that you would continue to help her as she reaches out to the community. I pray that you would continue to um, grow her in faith and um, in knowledge of you. Um, and in discipleship. Um, Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word's going throughout all the earth. Um, thank you for the hope that you will be victorious, um, that um, you will defeat every stronghold of the enemy, um, and also that one day you're coming back to save your church. Um, we, we pray that you would come back soon. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.